questions. I think curiosity and creativity are, are really closely linked. Being present and uh, and just when you're somewhere, not, not just going into autopilot, but to, to stop, stop and take a breath. Seems like plan A's gone out the window. Let's, let's make plan B work. Hello and welcome to The Common Creative. My name is Chris Nelson. And I'm Paul Fairweather. And we have a little bit of a background noise, don't we, today? What's that we can hear hissing behind you? Yes, it's the incessant rain. Uh, we're in the uh, 23rd of March and in, uh, on the east coast of Australia. We're all getting deluge, especially Brisbane and uh, Sydney. So, yes, um, and I, I'm in Sydney, more than a thousand miles away, and it's raining here. It's raining in Brisbane. So anyway, we've got that as our background, our backdrop. But today's guest uh, is a fascinating photographer. Um, how do you know Paul? Tell us a bit about him, Paul. Look, I've known Paul for many years. In fact, we met on a shoot. He was, uh, 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 I was, I was a model for a shoot actually on my Vespa for a, a mate's uh, property development. And that's where I first met Paul. And uh, we've been friends ever since. It's been about uh, 15 to 20 years, I think. Uh, and so, uh, yeah, so it's been a, a, wonderful, um, a wonderful friendship. And he's a, a fellow photographer, Chris. So we had uh, some, some, uh, some common threads in there. So what were some of your insights from our discussion with Paul yeah, that we've had? It's fascinating because the, the thing about um, photographers and indeed artists like yourself is we have a very tangible output and it's, it's a very g- useful laboratory to talk about the creative process. And Paul Harris, the photographer, uh, revealed insights about creativity in droves. Uh, curiosity is a bit like life in all its aspects, he said. Um, life is like sparkling water and photography is like a strong cordial in that sparkling water. Uh, he talked about being present, being in the moment when you're taking photographs. And one thing I loved especially was about the idea of taking risks that he was in various situations when he might have captured a, a good shot that would have met the brief. But then he pushed himself further to take risks and to do things that are a bit new and a bit different. Um, it, so- it's, a, it's, a, it's a great, great conversation. And, uh, and I love that Paul gives us you know, his number one tip for making um, a great photograph. Um, I was surprised it wasn't saying uh, ring him, uh, but uh, we'll, we'll give him a plug at, uh, at at the end of the show. But uh, yeah, so let's um, let's get on and uh, get Paul on the line. Lovely, here's Paul. So welcome to the podcast, uh, Paul. It's great to have you here today. Fantastic, thanks for having me. I'm really excited to, to chat to you about you. Yeah, a big welcome, Paul. Uh, I know you. The two Pauls know each other well. Uh, we've met a couple of times. But uh, you know we're both photographers, so we can bond as being photographers, and you can bond as being mates. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Uh, so, uh, Paul, we might uh, just kick off. We've asked you to uh, come up with a quote, a story, and an idea. So let's kick straight off with uh, the quote you'd like to share with us today. Fantastic. So I've got a, a quote from Leo Bennett. Uh, he said, "Curiosity is about life in all its aspects." I think is still the secret of great creative people. And that really resonated with me because about um, curiosity about life uh, is is something that um, every day I'm I'm just trying to figure out, you know, why does that work? And, you know, why does that person do that job? And, and why, why do, you know, why do I do this job? And and I'm always asking those sorts of questions. So I think curiosity and creativity are, are really closely linked. Yeah. Great. 
Um, you mentioned earlier uh, when we were chatting that, um, you know, that sort of the parallel for that was really that, you know, you, you constantly, photography allows you or gives you permission to ask people questions that you could look behind the curtain. Yeah, I quite often think, um, you know, life is like a little bit like sparkling water. Um, you know, it's, it's got, um, you know, it can be, can be a bit interesting and some mouthfuls are, are, are more uh, are more bubbly than others. But, um, but being a photographer is kind of like really strong cordial and, um, you know, that feeling where it's just intense and it's just happening so quickly and, and you can walk into somebody else's life for, for an hour or a day or what have you and really experience their life in a really intense way uh, and then you can leave it again afterwards. Paul, this word curiosity is something I'm very passionate about as well, but there's a downside of it, which is that if you're curious about everything, you, you risk losing direction. You just become that person that's all over. How do you stay focused if you have a curious mind? That's a really good question. Um, I guess I'm always sort of focused on, on what's happening at the time. And, and it is also another uh, aspect is, you know, is being mindful and in the moment as well. And and there can be a lot of things happening in, in your head, but if you're if you're there trying to photograph something and trying to capture something, then that's that for me at that moment is, is all consuming, and I'm really I'm really focused on that at, the, at that time. So I think it's about trying to drown out the other noise and just just focus, just look uh, you know look straight ahead. Mikhail Dixon says creativity is about connecting the dots. In that case, curiosity is about collecting the dots. Um, and I've added a third to that, and I think it probably relates very much to photography is you know there is a third step between that curiosity and that creativity which is the curation and so i think curation is throwing out the the bad dots or the dots you don't want so it's it's the curation is sorting the dots uh which i think is um you know something that a photographer does um so but Paul, i'd love to hear more about the kind of curiosity that's that's in your brain what are you looking to discover the questions that you've got in your mind what what are you trying to find out about people or the things that you're photographing when you when you have a camera in your hand so i mean i've been a photographer for for a while now and i never really i never realized it was a it was a sort of trait that i had and more and more so recently i've discovered it but it's it's been it's been there the whole way along but um quite often i I just even even before I even get to the shoot, I'll, I'll uh, you know think about what's going to happen and plan what's going to happen and, and think, oh, that's an interesting. I'm, you know, I'm going off to a, a sawmill or a, a you know whatever it is, some some you know interesting job or under you know underground and mine or what have you. Um, and I'll think that's really interesting. These people have chosen to do this job, and you know how do they extract this material from here or you know cut this thing in half or whatever it is. But then when I'm there, um, lots of other questions will pop up, and, and it's not always appropriate or possible to ask the questions. But but sometimes it's just um, just you know being being aware and, and just uh, and soaking in the environment. But um, but it all adds to the layers of, of trying to understand why people are doing things. Yeah. So would it be fair to say you're you're trying to tell us the story? Then you've got an idea what the story probably is, and then as you're there, it's adjusting. You're thinking, oh, that wasn't right. This is this is perhaps the story I want to tell. Is it is it right to connect curiosity and storytelling? Yes, absolutely. Yes, it's it's uh, you know I've I've got a a curiosity about it, uh, but then uh, the viewer will as well. And so if I can understand the story, I can help tell the story. And I'm always trying to create images that excite and interest the people who are in the pictures. Because if if it's got that level of authenticity that that they feel like it's telling their story, then then it it's going to have a lot more resonance with the people who are going to be the viewers looking looking from the outside in. I guess. And if there's someone listening thinking. You know, I just don't have a curious brain. I just take things as they come. But it'd be lovely to have a curious brain. How can you develop more curiosity? Or well, let me put it this way. What do you do to kind of keep your curiosity skills 
refined. Uh, I guess I guess being 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 present and uh, and just when you're somewhere, not not just going into autopilot, but to to stop stop and take a breath and and just even if it's something you've seen a thousand times, just stop and, and just sort of wonder about you know why 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 does it work that way you know and and I guess the you know, having having kids, they're a little bit older now, but having younger kids, uh, kids are great at doing this. You walk into a, a shopping centre and you've walked past that fountain a thousand times, but the kids stop and ask you a question about it and you have to explain it or, or try and explain it. So, Paul, I, I'm curious. You have your own business now and you have had for quite a few years. Um, previously, you were a staff photographer at, at the age. Uh, is that right? Is that correct? Yes, so I started my yep. career in a in a, um, a weekly newspaper, and I worked my way up to the, the Metropolitan Dailies, the Sydney Morning Herald, and the Age. Yeah. And so, how how do you think um, you know your you know your creativity and your journey has changed in that? Because I'm assuming you know I still know I now you know you 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 know often freelance for those organisations or that type of uh, magazine or newspaper, but you see it you see it sort of very different. Back then, was it just go and do that, or was this still part of it, part of your approach um, is why you got to that, that level. Yeah, so I'm really lucky to have had that, um, that uh, history in my, in my work. Um, we'd sort of turn up to work, you'd never quite know what was going to happen. They would give you job sheets about what you needed to do during the day. Um, and, you know, you might be photographing a, a gangland killer in the morning, and then you might be off to photograph the Governor General in the afternoon, and every gamut, every possible shade of grey in between. And quite often have an idea about what oh, these portraits are going to be great. We'll be in this Italian restaurant and there'll be this great lighting and this will happen. And and, uh, and quite often things weren't quite the way you thought or people weren't quite as um, amenable as you would hope they would be and uh, or vice versa. Anything could happen. So you basically, it was almost, I don't know if speed dating is the right word, but uh, you, you'd sort of turn up and it'd be right, right, how are we going to make this happen? And with, with newspaper work, there was always an ethos of, of don't come back empty-handed. And and so you you had to produce something, and it had to be something that was going to live for another twenty four hours in the paper the next day, and potentially forever afterwards. So there was a, there was probably self uh, inflicted um, pressure, but it was it was you know don't come back empty handed, and you're only as good as your last page one. So every every single day you would be you turn up and try and uh, make make the best pictures possible to try and tell the story and to try and sort of get out of the situation alive as well. So. <laughs> was that was that stressful? Oh, absolutely, yeah. Some, sometimes uh, you know, sometimes people uh, didn't didn't want to be involved in in shoots, and it's a very different life now because it's in more in the advertising kind of world, and everybody is um, uh, working for a common goal, and we're all trying to tell a story together. And and generally, um, you know, people are, are super super helpful. Um, but I think it's a great training ground to have because now, if I do ever encounter people who are you know, less than helpful for whatever reason. I can I can generally kind of talk them around, so it's kind of good skill. <laughs> you remi- you reminded me, Paul, how many variables photographers, particularly the ones that are out in the field, have to deal with it. And as you said, it's the personalities, or it might be the wrong setting, or lighting issues, or or they're just not that the time may change, and so on. So, what inspired you to become a photographer in the first place? I can imagine a lot of people being freaked out by the thought of being thrust in front of a gangland. gangland uh, boss and then the governor general both of those are very stressful situations to do two in one day or whatever what yeah. what inspires you what keeps you going i mean it's it's it is super exciting uh it can be it can you know can be stressful uh, you know those, those days were particularly um challenging but also really rewarding as well you, you get to the end of the day and 
you think, well, oh, that just happened. Like that was that was pretty amazing. Um, but also, I guess it's that that challenge of, of um, working through those problems. Uh, and there's the technical side of things. There's the people side of things, and then there's you know trying to produce something at the end of it. So. This is a sort of a bit of a, a basic question, but you know, can you give us some examples of you know the most interesting people you photographed, or you know, or you know, or compromising, or or, or whatever? <laughs> uh, well, that's yeah. It's, <laughs> there's probably too many to, to, to with, 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 and without um, being sued, obviously. I mean, there's a whole bunch of. <laughs> that's right. I'm just uh, processing in my head. Uh, um, yeah, so I, uh, I've met the Queen. That was that was pretty amazing. And I've, I've met um, I've met a whole bunch of people. Um, uh, quite often, these things sound glamorous on paper, or you put things in your folio, and you know you've had a minute and a half with somebody, and you know this, you know you haven't really changed the course of history at all. And you're really just a, a bystander, just sort of taking it all in. But um, I mean, there's A-list celebrities um, who are really interesting. But but honestly, I think the people who who have affected me and and stayed with me for a long time uh are real people you know and and telling their stories has been is what really sort of sticks with me i think a lot of the other stuff is is interesting on the surface but it's it's that stuff where you you talk to real people and they've had real struggles or real battles and and they've still come out the other end of it i think that human um uh story is, is really is really one that is really uh a privilege to tell the way the things are going for the queen at the moment you sound like you're describing her <laughs> real problems um paul you you've told me in the past and we've asked you to share a story and i don't know if this is a story but i'll use i share the story of you talked earlier about you know the unexpected things that you've got to do you had a, a three-day underground shoot up at mount isa um not so long ago can you tell me about the restrictions put on yourself and your your lighting man uh, yes so it was i mean it was a Pretty, pretty. It was a tough thing because the the amount of um, personal protective gear we had to wear was 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 pretty epic. We had uh, these huge masks on and glasses on and ear protection on and basically all these things wrapping around your, your head and the rest of your body and, and you've got uh, you know ventilators and all sorts of things around your belt and so getting in and out of um, you know vehicles was really difficult and and it was very hot and humid and and very very physically difficult. Um, but the the creative possibilities down there were so epic that I almost forgot that I was wearing all this stuff because it was just so um, such an interesting environment it looked like a, a, a you know set of a film or a you know like a, a moon landing kind of vibe there's lights in really weird places because they're all to deal with um, seeing what they're working on and, and not like up on the surface where we have this lighting to make us all you know look look nice um, so it was just a, such a really really different environment so completely getting lost in that that moment but obviously being super aware of all the the risks and, and safety aspects as well so it was quite a, a very um a busy busy day down there but um uh, we eventually you know got um got got what we needed but uh it was uh physically very difficult physical time yeah uh, uh, and, uh, if I'm wrong, but they they mine is it lead and zinc at Mount Isa? Because if if so, yeah, I know the rocks glisten a little bit. Like, uh, it sounds like a film set. What a wonderful place to shoot! Yes, and copper as well. There's, yeah, there's a whole bunch of things. It's a very uh, mineral uh, rich rich area. Yeah, yeah. So and but also understanding all those processes too, and seeing how things are, are melted down and and then you know shipped away and that sort of stuff. It's just it's fascinating watching. You know, we we use all these things every day. You know, copper wires and so forth. But to see it actually come out of the ground and then you know be turned into things is, is quite uh, quite a cool cool place yeah. actually yeah, I, I think it's really interesting what i something i didn't realize and one of the great things i loved being about an architect was actually you know 
looking under the bonnet of people's lives. Uh, mm. And I didn't, you know, and, and, and it's obviously something we, very, we have very in common. You know, you get to the same thing. You know, you look behind the scenes. Um, yes. And, uh, you know, that, that's something that I love as well. Um, Paul, we asked you for a story. Was, was that the story you were going to tell or do you have another story? No, I've actually got another um, story. But, um, yeah, if, if you're happy to hear it. Um, no, 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 no. Tell us the other story. Like. <laughs> okay. Cool. I mean, I, I, this is just an example of, of this sort of theme I was thinking about. Was um, I've got a really great infrastructure client who, who makes all sorts of interesting structures and, and I'm always fascinated with how, how these, uh, these guys come together to, to sort of build these amazing structures. They just come out of the ground and they do these really useful things for us. So this particular uh, project was a, a VMS, which is a, a variable message uh, signage, which is one of those things that sort of hover above the freeway and tell us there's traffic coming or, or there's um, an accident ahead or what have you. So, you know, I'd always driven past these things and not given them much thought, but then, then this opportunity arose to actually photograph one and we'd organised to photograph it at dusk, you know, so the sun was going to be uh, dipping, the light was going to be coming on, the car lights would be streaming past and, and uh, you know, I had these ideas for these pictures in my head and it was, it was going to be fantastic and it was on the Sunshine Coast. Um, and so it was a couple of hours away and I was driving up there and I'm sort of thinking through, right, I'm going to do this shot, I'm going to do that shot and then by then the light will be right and I'll do that shot. Had it all planned out, it was all perfect. But as I was planning this, the, the storm clouds were rolling in and uh, it got uh, cloudier and cloudier and darker and darker and and I'm thinking, oh, there'll be a break in the cloud. It'll be fine. It'll be, it'll be sweet. It'll just pop through. It'll be even more magic. It'll be great. Anyway, by the time I got there, the sky was black and <laughs> the rain was pouring down and not just down, it was pouring sideways at this point. And I'm sitting in the car. I've just pulled up. I've seen this amazing structure thinking this is amazing. These guys are still working. They're still like working on the structure and um, they're just doing the final final stage about to about to crane it into position. And, and I had this moment in the car and I thought, well, it seems like plan A's gone out the window. Let's, let's make plan B work. And so obviously there was a lot of more technical challenges. There was a lot more technical challenges to try and um, keep my gear safe so I could, I could still capture this thing happening. But I was thinking these guys have to work in this weather. Like there's no reason why I shouldn't have to either. I'm not, I'm not going back empty handed. I'm going to turn this, this problem into an opportunity and try and uh, just think sideways and, and pivot. And it, it, it would allow me to um, photograph this from a different angle that I wouldn't have, have shot it from. And so with some clever use of some awnings and coverings and things nearby, I managed to get a bit of protection and, and um, there were floodlights happening and it actually turned out to be a really magical kind of scene that um, that it wouldn't have happened otherwise. And so my plan A was actually not nearly as good as the plan B. And, and I, I think the, the sort of moral I got from the story was um, if, you, if you're open to the change, sometimes that, that um, difficulty can actually give you an opportunity that you wouldn't have had otherwise. So instead of, um, you know, huffing and puffing about, oh, I wish plan A had worked out, if you just get on with plan B and make it work for you, then, then sometimes that can, that can reveal things you wouldn't normally have found in the first place. It's interesting. I, I think that's a fabulous story because you're highlighting that something that appears to be adversity, it wasn't a plan that you wanted, ended up forcing you to be more creative and coming up with a new solution because i suspect in my mind's like that first shot plan a shot we can all see it you know with the sunset yes. the trail. <laughs> yeah. we've seen it before and i'm sure it would have been a lovely shot but it might not have been yeah. the most you know original powerful shot. and and so something that's unexpected has pushed you into a corner and and that's when creativity thrives. You go, right, now what I can do. Um, it also gives you some creative license as well. You're, you're um, you know, whether it's in a, a regular sort of office setting or what have you, if things don't go right, then if, if you, 
it gives you a little bit more latitude to then then try something new and different that you wouldn't have done otherwise because you know plan a didn't work so in, in trying plan b we, we tried this other thing and it worked or it didn't work but you know we were put in this situation so it kind of gives you a bit of freedom to to actually have a try of something a little bit left of center yeah fantastic I, I, want, Paul, yeah. I want to ask a very very practical question of you because Absolutely. as photographers one of the things we're surrounded by in a way everyone's a photographer these days you know we all carry these phones with us and people are used to getting mad at them at a moment's notice uh, but what tips have you got for people that want to take better photographs <laughs> any tips <laughs> In, in researching my quotes, I actually found another great quote from Ansel Adams, and he oh yeah he said great uh, to talk about it. What did he say? He said um, just do He said uh, oh, the most the single most important component of a camera is the twelve inches behind it, which which I thought was really interesting because <laughs> people often talk about oh that that camera you got or what have you, but but it's really it's about the the person behind it that's really important. So you know phones or or you know SLRs whatever you've got it's uh it's it's kind of about about the person and the creativity, but Sorry, back to the, the tips about taking pictures. The first thing I would I would think about is uh, is light. You know, lights everything. Um, if you can, and, and I I do it now automatically. But I scanning, walk into a room, and and this is where the shoot's going to have to happen for whatever reason. Uh, you know, I'm scanning where where the light is. But I, I mean, I also have a bag of, of you know light that I can I can pull out and, and make look like you know whatever I need. But it's it, the natural light has a special magic to it. So if you're walking into a room and you you know you're doing it, you know taking pictures of a friend's birthday, whatever it is, um, you know, look look for that light. It's really important. Um, and then then connecting with people. And I think once you've connected with the people and you've got some nice light, then then you're three quarters of the way there. So yeah, brilliant. And it's lovely that both those points aren't about buttons on cameras or setting no, your phone no, in a certain a... way. It's about what you can see with your eyes, the light, and then that rapport. Beautiful, great tips. Yeah. And. Uh... Paul, uh, an idea. Do you have an idea to share with us? Uh, yes, an idea. Yes, uh, I, I guess um, just to to, uh, to 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 take a risk once in a while. Like I, I, I go on a shoot and I'll quite often get the safe pictures that I that I know I need. I know the clients asked for, but once I've got that in the, in the bag, then then I'll I'll take a risk and I'll take a punt on something. And it can be sometimes just a small risk and sometimes a big risk, but I've already got the, the, the safety shot. So um, I, I think every once in a while or as much as you can, just take take a risk and then you'll be rewarded 10 times. Almost every time the clients come back and said, that's the picture we needed. You know, that's not what we asked you for, but that's what we wanted. And it just happens over and over again. So just well, give an example. To, what does a risk look like? I mean, what, how do you take a risk? I mean, you don't uh, put I mean, a lens it, cap on the camera, I'm guessing. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so, I mean, it, quite often some clients will be very specific about what they what they want. Um, you know, they want a, a, a plate of food, you know, photographed a certain way or what have you. And then, uh, you know, you, you get the picture they're asking for, but then wander into the kitchen and, you know, see the chefs cooking it up and, and there's something that's happening, in, you know, something bubbling in a pan or something, you know, flambe or whatever. And there'll be some other moment uh, either side. It's still related to the topic that we're speaking about, but it's... it's um, so just capturing those other moments or even even doing a portrait of the chef. So it's completely separate to the food, but, you know, they've come back and they say, oh, that, that actually sums up, you know, the company ethos or whatever it is. So um, I think looking around the, the edges and, and um, by all means, don't don't put all the eggs in that basket and just not photograph what they want and not, not you know, not. I think you need to take a risk, but still with that, um, you know, with that with that element, element of safety as well, if that makes sense. Yeah. I think mm. if, you, if you're a storyteller, it's, it's interesting when 
the great advantage if you've got the, the safety shot, if you like, or if, if you're telling a story and you've told the story that you think everyone wants to hear, and then you go, right, we're finished, and everyone's guard drops. And at that moment, you often discover something extra, something raw. Uh, I'm thinking about that shot when they almost don't realise you're still shooting, or if you're telling a story, it's a, oh, I'll tell you something else. And he's, that's the goal. That's so, so this idea of taking risks, I think, goes a long way beyond photography. Yeah, great point. Almost every every portrait shoot, I, I go on, uh, you know, I, I try and get every option possible. And then when I'm walking out, just to, about to go out the door, and I've said all my single mic goodbyes, and I'll say, ah, just one last thing. And I turn around on my heel and say, would you mind if we, you know, you've just mentioned this thing about the such and such, you know, the, the rocking chair on the back deck or whatever it is that I haven't seen. And there's always something else. So I think, yeah, looking around the edges and, and trying to unlay it. Also, it's, it's about the curiosity again. Um, you know, something's happened to make you that little bit more curious and you just want to sort of explore that part of the story a little bit more. And, and, um, and that can be where the magic is on the, on the, on the edges. I wonder if it applies to your subjects as well, that, that people will tell you, reveal the story that they think they should be telling, which is like you taking the photograph you think people want to see. And then again, at the end, they go, do you know the real story is about me in this rocking chair or whatever it may be? And, and you kind of go, finally, I'm getting something a bit more raw, <laughs> yes. a bit more new. Now, yes. So, yeah. yes, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Actually, it's a very interesting analogy. We, um, we don't always do it, but when we remember, when we finish recording a podcast, we often you know, hit the record button again and just have a, a relaxing chat. And we more often than not get real gems because, uh, again, it's, you know, people yeah. relax, you know, oh, God, thank God that's over. Now, now I'll tell my real truth. <laughs> it's, it's really interesting that because, because I was actually going to ask what, what drives people to do a passion project because there's a commitment to yourself in doing that. And it's much easier to say, oh, I'd love to do that one day and, and I'll get around. And you never do. Uh, but you made that commitment. And I, so I was kind of going to get a find out why 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 have a passion project? Should other people have passion projects? And how do you transform from something that you're going to do one day into something that you commit to? That's interesting. I think all three of us have, have uh, projects that we work on, uh, you know, continuously and uh, and and drive us. And, and but Paul, you know, I, I, I don't know the answer. <laughs> I really don't know what I have a passion project, although I do. <laughs> trying to flip it back around so you can answer it. But, uh, um, I guess um, I guess the trick is just to get started. And once you get started, uh, you know, you get you get sort of lost in in the moment, and it's really interesting. And so you keep going with it, I guess, as well. And I find it really interesting that it it helps me to um to understand uh you know why other people do things and and helps me to understand myself as well but also i think it, it helps other people too when they um i've had people who are, are elite runners you know best in the world you know crazy good runners uh in the project but also people who are you know who are not super great runners but they've they've had a, a um a goal to set and they set the goal and they achieved it and sometimes they've come through hardship to get to that point and sometimes not but those stories are really inspiring for other people as well. And that leads on to other people saying, oh, you know, I, I had the same thing, you know, I, I, I couldn't, couldn't run 5Ks and now I, you know, want to, I want to run a marathon or whatever. And they've taken some inspiration from, from different people. And, and that's really lovely to hear that, that you've, you know, in some tiny little way, you've, you've helped somebody to, to do something that they didn't think they could do otherwise. And that's, that's and all by being curious myself. So yeah, it's really interesting. Yeah, I guess, I, I guess I would, I would echo that, even though I can't quite articulate why I've got the various passion projects that I've got, they're always delivering unexpected benefits, both to yourself and to other people. Um, mm. 
I, I've learned, for example, a lot of people get a little lift out of my, the shots I post each day. And so I try and make them positive. You know, if it's a rainy Wednesday, how can you lighten the mood a bit? How can you give them a little, little glimpse of something uplifting? So, and I never planned that as part of the original project. And there it is as a side benefit. So you, I guess you don't know. Yeah, you don't know what it's going to do. But I guess the, the, the other side of it, too, is that it also allows my clients to um to understand me a little bit better as well so there's that that level as well so there's there's what drives you to actually physically do the project and then the benefits are that it, it potentially helps people but it also helps clients uh understand me and, and sort of know my my interest and personality a little bit as well so it just it, it everything about it is positive it's, i mean apart from the, the time and energy it takes it, you know it, that, but that's really it's, it's just so rewarding that it's you forget about the early mornings and the and the rainstorms and what have you, don't you? So it's, it's, it's good. Mm. Yeah, well, Paul, that, that's been uh, absolutely uh, fascinating. Um, thank you for uh, uh, sharing that uh, with us uh, or resharing because we did actually uh, record a version last year which we um, never made it to the final cut because our technology wasn't up to, the, up to scratch. Um, but, uh, yeah, look, uh, really found it um, very insightful, uh, great to chat with you. So... Um, uh, thanks for joining us today. Yeah, Pat, Paul, Dizzo, thank you so much. I've learned about curiosity. I've learned about taking risks, and I've learned about looking for light. It's uh, really great to chat to you. Uh, thank you very much. Thanks so much for having me. So, thank you so much, Paul Harris. Um, wonderful insight into the creative process and passion projects and how they can teach you about yourself. We hope you've enjoyed the show. If you have, please leave us some comments. Uh, Give the show a rating. uh, Pop your feedback in the comments section. And, of course, tell your friends. And we hope to see you tuning in next week. Yeah, Chris, it was uh, great. Thank you, Paul. It was uh, You've given us some fantastic insights into creativity and photography. Um, If people want to uh, reach Paul, he's at paulharrisphotography.com. Yeah, Paul, uh, it's great to mention his website, but the, the web's address, and I think Paul Harris won't mind me saying this, this is it's paulharrisphotographer.com. Uh, the other website leads you to a different place and a different photographer. So paulharrisphotographer.com is the place to head to to check out Paul's amazing images. And we'll whack that in the show notes as well. He is a fantastic photographer uh, and brilliant if you're a runner. So, uh, but uh, he, he, he is a fantastic portrait photographer. Uh, so, yes, so uh, thanks for joining us, and we'll see you next week. See you next week. <laughs>